0: Welcome to episode seven of the Sen Morgan Podcast, where we help financial professionals like you recognize and reach your potential faster. In today's episode, you'll hear some really practical advice on how to stop playing office, feeling busy, and wasting time, and instead start being productive with your day-to-day activities as an advisor. This episode was actually recorded in front of a live audience at our Elite Advisor Network Conference at our offices here in Nashville, Tennessee, early in 2022. A special thanks to those who attended that event, and if you'd like to join us for our next in-person event, then just go to eadvisornetwork.com and apply to be part of our community of advisors. Uh, Well, welcome to another episode of the Stan Morgan Podcast. Stan, we are again live in front of our EAN community on the last day of our uh, inaugural event. Um, I could tell that people were just tired of being at home because we had a tremendous amount of people come. Uh, and uh, the engagement was great, and um, we've, we've had a really, really good time. And the, uh, the reason I want to bring up this topic uh, in front of the audience was because everyone goes back to the office on Monday, and I thought this topic would be interesting because you talk about it a lot, and I think it's a challenge for anyone that sort of has the desk job, but also a lot of freedom that you can play office. And so, I want to ask you: You know, how can we not play office? But first, define what does playing office look like for your average advisor?
1: And I would, I would say, most advisors, at least the ones we meet, are stuck in this. It's when you go to work and you measure everything by effort or activity mm-hmm. and not results. And we've gotten better as a team of tracking results to say is what we're doing on a daily basis actually meaningful? Is it moving the needle? Is it having more impact on people? And I think without measuring things, you don't know. And if your main measure is effort, like I show up to the office at nine, I leave at five, and I answered my emails and I Mm -hmm. returned some calls. And, you know, if somebody, if I have a new client meeting, I'll have it. And I meet with like that level of kind of just letting things push you around. Yeah. I think that's playing office. So here's a challenge I have for you. None of that stuff sounds bad. It's not like, oh,
0: I played ping pong for four hours and I took a three hour lunch. Like, so, uh, so playing office to me, the problem with it is it looks a lot like, being a financial advisor, like those, those are things you do. So let, let's talk about some specific problems. Uh, and th- there's three things. First is it, it actually feels like you're working. I mean, it looks like you're working. It looks like these are the things I need to do. These are the activities I need to do. And so you're in the office, you're doing activities, but, it's, it's, it, but it ends up being a problem because you don't have results. That's the second one is it, it looks like you're working, but the second is amongst all this activity, you look at your results and you're like, huh, you know, it's not, I, I saw a funny video the other day of this one guy was shoveling dirt into a wheelbarrow and he was looking away as he did it. And the other guy was not paying attention and he was shoveling the dirt out of the wheelbarrow. <laughs> and it's like after 30 seconds, the first guy looks up and he like punched the other guy. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know it. And it, it can feel like that, right? Oh, it's yeah. sort of like this, this cycle. Um, and then I, the other issue is that it feeds the lie that more hours is better. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm, I'm only being this productive. So I should just do more hours. Right. And then you end up in that cycle of like, I have to work more hours because I'm only reaching this much productivity. And then you're just in the office doing the same activity. So I think we've established the problem. Anything you want to add to the problem of playing office?
1: I think playing office can be present in every stage of advisor. And we talk about the five stages of advisor, right. and Playing office is dangerous in each one for a different reason. Mm-hmm. Early on as a rookie, like playing office, you won't survive. Like if you are just going through the motions and just showing up and making a bunch of calls like and not doing it well, yeah. there's a good chance you don't stay in the business if you get to the the next stage you know it's it's dangerous and different, but if you get to comfortable all of a sudden playing office means you're just coasting, yeah, and you're not reaching your potential and so this is something that no matter what stage you are in the business, you need to be aware of
0: right. So we we recognize the problem of it, the opportunity that you could have in your. You know, we're not saying like don't go to the office and don't you know sit down and have specific time to to work on tasks, but that you could actually be excited about your week if you have a different posture. Because so I think one of the first problems of playing office is you just show up and you're reactive. You go, well, what's my inbox say I should do today, <laughs> right? And what are the phone calls I need to respond versus being excited about your week because you are setting goals for that week. You you know what you need to do before you go in and before the inbox tells you what to do. Mm -hmm. So let me ask this, when you get in your car, and I know part of it is, you know, we both have little kids and it's sometimes it's just a very freeing feeling to drive away from your house and go, ah, good luck, honey, you know? (laughs) Uh, But why are you excited about coming into work?
1: Today, the, the impact we measure and the growth my team is having, even personally, every week I see them implementing this. So as a team, not playing office is really rewarding because for a long time, it was just me. It was mm-hmm. an issue I had and it was all about production and am I generating more revenue? But seeing other people not play office and then the, the combination of that, the impact we can have, yeah, it, it has a multiplier effect. Yeah. So at this stage, that's what, what I enjoy seeing.
0: This isn't in my notes, but I think about something else that not playing office does is that um, when people do try to play office, they stick out. Like it, they're like, like what are you doing? You know I mean? Like, you know, we're, we're here, we're here to have certain kinds of activities and sort of, uh, I I think part of playing office is also sort of the water cooler problem. Mm-hmm. Like I'm fine with going to the water cooler like twice a day, but you like, you don't live there. That's right. Right. And I think that there's, there's some place it's like, there's chatty and then there's like you're stealing from the company. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's so, a
1: culture thing too. Yeah. Like if if you are playing office and your team is smaller, as you as your team grows, if you continue to play office, like that is the, the bar you were setting. Yeah. That you're not measuring results. It's about coming and just making sure we do just enough. Yeah. As long as you make just enough income to kind of be comfortable and for me playing office too once you realize that you can accomplish so much more in less time
0: yeah we'll talk about that too yeah yeah
1: it's it's a game changer it's
0: not about more hours it's about doing the right thing so something else that the opportunity that you can have to to be really good when you're in the office is to track what you're accomplishing and tie it to production Mm -hmm. so that's we talked about this kpis key performance indicators that what are the things you can control when you come in that you could actually spend less time because you know that listen i'm not going to do any more today with three more hours? That's good for me. I'm just gonna go home. Mm-hmm. So how have you been able to grow? And I can attest to this because I share office, like you you don't come in at six, right? You don't leave at seven, you know, mm-hmm. PM. You, you you keep pretty, pretty decent hours. I've never seen you in on the weekend. How are you able to do or how, how does KPIs and knowing what you're gonna do in the week ahead help you work less?
1: Yeah. It starts with goals. So our team has goals. We know what we're trying to accomplish. We're not just showing up and hope it works out. But then I know in a week, if I accomplish these things, it's a meaningfully moving us towards that goal. Right. I can leave on Friday and say that was a good week. Right. Right. Because you you
0: created a finish line for yourself. That's right. Right. Versus going, gosh, I I, I think I should just work five more hours. Why? Just because. Yeah.
1: Another stuff comes up and you have to address it. But like, and you don't have 10 KPIs in a week. But is it two or three meaningful things? You're like, if I do this, it's going to take us closer to our goals. And I do that every week. Like then, you, then you're then you not playing office because you're intentional.
0: Right. The other thing that I think we need to acknowledge internally and emotionally is if you ever wake up and one of the first thoughts in your mind is, I'm behind. Like, good morning. I'm alert. Oh my gosh, I'm behind. Right. And then the next day you wake up and I'm like, if you constantly are feeling that, It's probably because you don't have clear uh, – it's not because you have goals you're not meeting. It's probably because you have no goals. It's not because you have KPIs you're falling short of. It's probably because you have no KPIs. Mm -hmm. And so, literally, there's this this voice that says you're behind. Why? I don't know. I mean, it's like 630, but you're just behind. Why? I mean, just because you are. You're always behind. Mm -hmm. Based on what? Right. And so when you, and maybe you are behind, but let's, let's be based on fact instead of feeling. That's right.
1: Right. And I think anybody that's listening, I had this feeling early on where I'd see an advisor and they're more successful than me, whether they're my age or a little bit older. And I would create a bunch of stories in my mind of why they're more successful. Yeah. And it was rarely that they're just more effective than me. It mm-hmm. was, they, they came from money somehow it was given to them, like all these things, because I couldn't accept that they just knew how to manage their day better. Yeah. And for some reason I would be proud of working 10 hour days and making all these calls, even though my results were a fraction of theirs. And that's when I stopped bragging about how much time I was spending. Yeah. It was like results are what matter. And if there's a different way to accomplish it in a shorter period of time, why wouldn't I do that? Yeah. So, and I, and
0: I think this room would, would agree to this uh, full of advisors is the most common answer people give when you say, how are you doing? Sadly is busy. And I, and I, I, if if I like this person, if I want to, like, have a relationship with them, meaning I care about them, I might say, like, is that because you're wasting time or is that because, you know, you, you're not managing your time well? Is that because, is that good things? Is that hamster wheel or is it planting seeds and and, and pulling weeds and then harvesting eventually, which is, you know, the cycle of growth? Mm-hmm. So busy is not a good answer. That's right. Um, and so I think the challenge is, and the opportunity is that you, you can just make sure you're busy doing the right things. I, I think you're a pretty big fan of atomic habits. Yeah. Great. Um, t- tell me more about how maybe that book helped you adjust
1: some of your habits. A few key things in there. One is controlling your environment. And so an easy example is like, I can have a hard time getting up. So I'm going to put my alarm clock across the room. Yeah. Or I want to be healthier. So I'm going to put a standing desk in my office, like anything you can do to remove that you have to have sheer will to accomplish yeah, it. Yeah. That's big
0: yeah and uh, and I've seen a lot, and it that book has become sort of a daily Bible for a lot of people, and that like they just they are constantly kind of going through it, especially mm-hmm. at the start of the year um it, the The practical nature of that book is pretty phenomenal, mm-hmm. I mean there's a reason it's sold i mean it's still at the top of new york times it's it's, it's a great book, but it's it, I think that if you could summarize atomic habits is make decisions so you don't have to make decisions, mm-hmm. right, so you can't snooze your clock if it's on the other side of the room, right like. Mm-hmm. I, uh the other morning, I, I picked up uh, Wes and Cody, two of our uh, friends here. And um, I, I told somebody, I was like, yeah, I got to go pick up Wes and Cody in the morning. And they're like, oh, you're a good man. I was like, no, no, no. Like, if I didn't commit to picking them up early, I would have slept in. So the other is make commitments so that it forces you to have better habits. Yeah. Right? Make a promise to someone else. So let's talk about some solutions to not playing office. So first, setting goals with KPIs and then adjusting accordingly. How often um, are are you giving yourself time to say, okay, I, I set this goal. Here's my KPI. Here's my daily activity that I'm going to do. How often as a company and as an individual are you saying, all right, but is that working?
1: So we'll set it weekly and we've kind of tried to figure out, we're not trying to do 10. You know, that's overwhelming, but like all one right. of to rarely kind of boil those down, but we measure it monthly. Okay. Kind of a monthly scorecard to say, are the things we are doing actually driving the results we want? Right. and. A goal without a KPI is, is a recipe for playing office.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's, it's, um, it, it's a recipe for discouragement. I mean, really what it is. I mean, you might get lucky, but it, it's not, it's not going to help. So the other, I, I think it's interesting. and I've actually tested this uh, personally is have boundaries for your work hours. Um, there was a great book by uh, a guy named Andy Stanley. It's very short. Um, and uh, I think it's called When Work and Family Collide and uh, he's a pastor, and sort of the, 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 the lesson that he learned early on was that instead of saying, hey, God, I'm going to work all these hours or take care of my family, he said, all right, God, I'm only going to work this many hours so I can be with my family. you got to take care of my business mm-hmm. in, the, in the hours that I have. So basically, like, don't ask God to babysit your family while you're work, working too much. Instead, say, hey, I need you to bless my business in this amount of time. And, and another way of measuring this, if you're not a person of faith, is just, how can you have boundaries and work within that? Because more hours does not mean you're a better worker, right? Sometimes it means you're worse. So what I've seen is when you set those boundaries, that constraints can bring freedom. You're like, mm-hmm. I know that I told my wife I was gonna be home at 4 30. So I gotta stop messing around and get stuff done. Yep. Right. I know I said I was gonna take my kids to work two days to, to school two days a week. So I know that I'm gonna get in at 8 30. You do this some mornings, mm-hmm. right? you know that that actually creates a constraint. And so when you're in, you're like, you hit the ground running. That's right.
1: right? Yeah. I think the idea of like the, the thinking outside of the box, which is very commonly thrown around, I was talking to somebody who's like, no, you need to think in the box because there's always limitations. There's always parameters. And so if you set some boundaries for yourself, then the goal is how do I maximize that? It's Mm -hmm. not just always adding more time. It's what, concept can i put in the business who can i hire to help me with that right it helps you be more effective if you have i don't work on the weekends you know i get home at 5 15 like those are just things for me yeah but it forced me then to say okay if this is all i have to work with i got to do it differently than everybody else is doing
0: right right and and again we t- will talk about this in other episodes but one of the problems if you just keep adding hours that's a how that's a how solution how can i do this versus a who solution mm-hmm. right the, the the way that i added 40 hours of productivity to my week is called Nicole, right? <laughs> I hired someone, hmm. right? And, and you were tremendous help uh, you know, forcing me to do that, um, <laughs> suggesting it. But, but yeah, if you feel like I wanna be more productive, it might be a who problem, not a how problem, Yeah, right? Um, the last thing is you talk about where great ideas come from, where business comes from, is often not in the office. So a solution of not playing office is to get out of the office. What good things happen for you when you're not in the office?
1: When I travel, I read. Um, I get a lot of great ideas when I'm out of the office. It's not just kind of wandering around running errands, though. <laughs> yeah. you know, I have buddies that are advisors, and they'll say, hey, I got a meeting in downtown Nashville, and two hours till my next one, so I'm going to kind of hang out in here and run a couple of errands. Like, we're, you're losing time. I would, if I had a meeting there, and it was 30 minutes from the office, I'd come back to the office for 45 minutes and then go out. Mm-hmm. That's when I wasn't disciplined. If you can be disciplined with your time and create that white space and get out of the office with some intentionality... I heard a stat, I think said something like 65% of innovation happens outside of the office. Like it's, it's fundamental to say, I'm going to create this space to dream and think, and then I'm going to go back and apply. And whether that's a, a retreat on your own, getting your team out of the office for strategic planning, I mean, there's a lot of ways to create that space to just say, I'm going to, I'm going to dream a little bit and then I'll get back into the practical. Yeah. As soon as I can. Yeah. Another real practical,
0: and I think you've made this a habit. So maybe didn't realize it um, is that moving your body exercising, taking a walk. We have a beautiful office space here. It's like kind of walking trails and such. It's a putting green chipping area. Like, you know, when I'm feeling sort of stuck and I'm feeling like, gosh, I'm kind of antsy and my brain is getting tired. I go outside and it helps me whether it's 40 degrees or 90 degrees, like just movement is really, really helpful uh, when it comes to idea generation yep. for sure. Uh, well, thank you, Stan. I appreciate it.
1: You bet. Love that
0: topic. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you know a fellow advisor or a member of your staff that would benefit from it, then you can send them a link to the show or point them to stenmorgan.com slash podcast. Also, thank you for the great reviews that you've been leaving on iTunes. Uh, This one is from Tony Pample. He's one of our members of the Elite Advisor Network. Tony said this. There have been a lot of changes in the financial advisory world over the last several years. One of those is an explosion of financial advisors who are sharing their personal path to success and how it may have been different from the, quote, old guard and how they made it. Sten, with Andy's help, stands apart as a leader who is not only sharing his story, but is actively working to help as many advisors as he can to take what they can from his experience and make it their own. I appreciate what you guys are doing. Keep up the great work. Well, thanks for the kind words, Tony. You're a valuable part of our EAN community, and you're also a great guy. Uh, we appreciate your kind words. And if you'd like to join Tony and the rest of our advisors in the Elite Advisor Network, then visit StenMorgan.com EAN to learn more and to apply. As always, thanks for listening. We appreciate you.